ECGs as well. Um, when I think about the Lord and how he saved me and raised me, I remember the first time I heard that song. I was working out at Cole Harbor Place mall a gazillion years ago, and Paul Adams, Paul Adams, awesome man of God, he came and dropped his headset on me while I was working out. And that song was playing, and I stopped and wept in front of everybody. Right. You know? Because I heard it for the first time, and I pray that we don't ever get familiar. Like, you know, you can get familiar with my voice because you hear it a lot. But that's what happened when Jesus went to his hometown. They couldn't get anything from him because they said, oh, we, we know him. We know his family. We know that. We know. Well, I'm telling you, when you, somebody gets behind the pulpit, forget who it is. You know, you know, Jesus didn't say, listen. He said, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. Because if you'll hear the message that I have today, it will change your life. How do you know it? Because it's changed my life. And he's no respecter of persons. It'll work for you. It'll work for me. And when it comes to praise and worship, I was thinking about that too, because, you know, um, my Bible says that David gave $5 billion to the rebuilding of the temple. And uh, not only that, he was a king. He had authority and he had position. He, you know, so he had reputation. And what did he do? He stripped down to his underwear when he got in the presence of God and danced so crazy that his wife was embarrassed. You know, he said, hey, woman, it wasn't your father that made me king. I'm dancing before the one that did. And he let it out. And so I sometimes I think we get so, especially in Canada, conservative, dignified, and, you know, not wanting to be ugly for Jesus. And I just really feel like it's time to get ugly. Yeah, 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 yeah it is. It's just time. You know, and again, I love what, what, Pastor, what, what James said about Pastor Paul last Sunday when he said, you know, Paul told him there was a circle that you get into, and it's just you and God in that circle. And I thought, wow, I needed to hear that. Yeah. I needed to hear everything you guys preached, by the way, last Sunday. It was, yeah. you no, know, no, no. They said they wanted to honor us. Honor? Are you kidding me? Who you are is what honors us. Yeah. Who you have become is great honor yeah. to us. Glory to God. You, you make it worthwhile to go through yeah. what you go through. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but you know, but don't be afraid to go through things either because the the the, the deeper the, the things that you go through, it reveals and unleashes the best things in you. Amen. If you don't go through, you know, it's like Kenneth e. Hagin said there's a glory road and and uh, and there's the the blessing road. Everybody chooses the blessing road. Few choose the glory road because in the glory road you got to go through stuff. <laughs> no, you got to go through stuff, man. You got to deal with stuff. Because when you're on that glory road, you get opposition. You know, you just look at things like, you know, you look at things like Nick and Louise today, for example. They're not here in the service. Their cat, I mean, you don't think it, their cat got run over and killed by a car yesterday. And here's the thing you need to know about pets, whether you have them or whether you don't. God deposits so much love in one of those little creations that they're a blessing to the people that have them. And especially if you don't have children, that becomes a huge part of the family. And so, and so those things are, 
But, but why would it happen right now? Because they're getting married in a month. You know, Jesus came that we might have life, but the thief comes. Jesus came once to do the deal, but the thief comes on a regular basis to see if he can steal, kill, and destroy, or take something of value away from you. And But again, you can weep, and then, but then you got to get up. Yeah. You know, keep getting up because there's something about the character of God that's being built in us. And yes. Hallelujah. So let's go in our Bibles. Let's go in our Bibles to uh, Luke chapter 15. Yes. We, um, if you're reading through the Bible with us over the year, then you've already read it. I think we read it on Thursday. I think I read it a day early. I don't mean to, but sometimes I'm always I'm always 20 minutes early. And says, what are we doing here so early? And uh, and sometimes I get ahead of myself reading the Bible, especially going through Leviticus. I just want to get it over with. <laughs> but in Luke 15, there was God began to speak to me because I remember talking again, talking with Pastor Paul in the office one day, and I said, the thing that I want an anointing for more than anything else is to destroy chronic problems. You know, some people are stuck where they were 10 years ago in the kingdom of God, 15 years ago in the kingdom of God, 20 years ago in the kingdom of God. And my Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3.18 that I'm being changed from glory to glory into the image of his son, from glory to problem to glory, from glory to victory to glory, however you want to look at it, because I know that until pain comes, I don't change. As long as I'm comfortable, change doesn't happen all that well. But put a little pain on. And so the pain is, you know, again, trouble Trouble is your teacher. Do we, do we like it? No, I'm not really fussy about it. But, but I realize that every time it happens, something better happens inside. Because when it, when it comes, I, it causes me to draw nearer to God. As long as I need him, I'm sticking close. I pray that I always need him and never ever get to the place where I think I don't. But anyway, uh, the other day, Nancy and I wrote in the city having coffee. We try to stay in the country, Rob. We really, I think last week we had a day or two, we actually did. We stayed home. It's so quiet there, though. I can be at the other end of the house and hear an ice cube fall in the tray. Like, it's really quiet out there. I see anybody's been there. It's like quiet. So anyway, we were in the city, and uh, we watched the police surrounding this building. And I heard this down in my spirit. There is a man inside that's caught up, totally caught up by a demon. A demon called the grudge. Held captive by a grudge. And I'm thinking, wow, held captive by a grudge. And then I saw it. Then, then the next thing that I saw was, did you know that a grudge is a demon? And it's this little, cute, little furry thing that you could pick up. I was thinking about Jordy, his kids holding this gangly dog. And I'm thinking, hold him now. But when he grows up, you won't be able to do that, right? But, but you know, this, you, you, you take an offense and you hold a grudge. You hold a grudge, and then after a while, it holds you. It's like it's like a, the little chimpanzees, the little monkeys we saw in the Philippines. You you get them on, on you, and they feel good, but don't feed them too many bananas; they'll get heavy. 
And so, you, so you, and, and here's the thing, we carry, you are a carrier. My Bible says that you have a treasure in an earthen vessel. You contain things. Matter of fact, when we talk about people that are getting together, uh, you know, to get married in later years, we say they have baggage. Oh yeah, but they, yeah, but you know, but but we all have. I, I hate to slap you with this, but you know, if you're weighted down, it's because you're carrying baggage. It's because you're carrying things. When he said, "Cast all of your care upon Him, for He cares for you." So that grudge that you grab a hold of and don't let go, after a while it steals your joy, it steals your peace, it sucks the life right out of you. And my Bible says in Romans chapter 6, you're saying, well, yeah, but I'm a Christian, I, don't, I can't have demons. Well, read Romans chapter 6. It says, to whom you yield your members to, you become a servant or a slave to. Yes, your spirit's born again, but can you have things harassing your soul? How many of you can say that you don't? <laughs> that you got it all together, man. No, but it could be a demonic activity in your life. No, not, not that it could be. It is. Like if you're having problems, the problem should reveal the change that needs to take place. Again, 1 John 4, 18. You know, perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. If you're being tormented, it's because the love of God is not made mature and yet it's been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. That's why we looked on Thursday night where he said in Colossians, Ephesians rather, chapter 3, that you would, that Christ would dwell in your heart by faith. And he is, he's Katoy Kesey, he's moved in, but he's got to get the other things out. He's got to pull out the other things, the bitterness and the grudges and the things, I, I, you know, you, you don't know what's happened to me? No, I don't. But I know this, it's happened to everybody in this place. My Bible says that these same afflictions are being worked out in your brethren in the world, so don't think that you're a special case. You're not a special case. But you can be free today. Yes. You can let it all go now. The things that are holding you back are not God, so where did they come from? If they came from the devil, then you ought to let them go. If you're struggling in any area of your life, it's a devil. It is a demon. It's not God. He came that you might have life and that more abundantly. If you're not experiencing the abundant life, it's not him. I'm telling you, it's not him. Amen. Yeah, but in the world you have tribulation. Yeah, but he said in me you'll have peace. Amen. So what do you want to be? In the world and have tribulation or in him and have peace? It's your choice. It's really your choice. Hallelujah. So let's look at Luke 15. I don't want to talk about, we've taught so much on the prodigal son and you could teach messages for a month on him. Short version is two sons. This man had two sons. A certain man. He's a certain man. He had two sons. And the younger one wanted his inheritance. And so when he asked for his inheritance, my Bible says that he gave them. Not just the younger son. He gave them the inheritance. And the younger guy, because he didn't have much going on in his head, decided he was going to go to Las Vegas and get a condo and buy a vet. And whatever he did, he went and, and, and went and blew all the money and ended up in a pig pen. And if you're a Jew, there's no worse place than being with an unclean bunch of animals feeding them, you know, the corn husk or whatever he's feeding them. But then my Bible says he came to himself. That's a wonderful thing. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's a wonderful thing when you can come to yourself, come to your senses. He woke up one day, the light came on one day, and he said, what am I doing here, living in the pig pen of life, when in my father's house, <laughs> Abba, father, come on, in my father's house, and then he rehearsed all the way home when he was going to tell him, I'm going to tell him I sinned against you and I'm, I'm just a total reject. And, but, but again, we're going to see what love looks like and we're going to see what a grudge looks like. That's, that's what we're trying to get out of this today. In verse 20, this is when he woke up in the pig pen. If you're in a pig pen today and you're watching my live stream, it's a good day to wake up. No, spring's coming. Get a fresh start in God. Do what you hear today and you will never be the same. If you will do what you hear today, I promise you this message will change your life. This is your breakout message. This is your breakthrough message. This is your breakout message. This is your breakthrough message. If you will listen and hear. Jesus said, you all have ears on, but he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. Don't just listen and say, oh, that was just Pastor Geary. No, 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 no. That was just Jesus, they said, in his hometown. Hear the word word of God and do it. You want to know what to think about your pastor? Read Hebrews chapter 13 real slow. It'll change, it'll change rebellion. It'll dump all that junk out of the church. People running from one place to another because they'll understand. They'll understand that there's something bigger going on here than me taking my problem to another location. That I've got to be planted and change. That I've got to do, not, not be a hearer only, but to do the word that I'm hearing. Well, what about Pastor Gary? I know him after the flesh. I know you know me after the flesh. I'm not perfect, but this is. Amen. <laughs> what you're hearing came from heaven. And I'm like, you know, I had a Ravana pizza on Friday. If you haven't had Ravana pizza, you haven't lived. Uh, <laughs> I'm serious about that. It's the best pizza in the world. Right, Pastor Paul? But I didn't make the pizza. I ate it. The guy that made it, made it perfectly. I may be the pizza delivery guy, but you need to eat this pizza today. No, no, you need to get this and you need to eat it and you need to digest it. You need to take some home and put it in the fridge so you can have another piece tomorrow morning. It's, is it that good? Yeah. Yeah, it's that good. So, so now the father, now this guy, the, the, the Bible says that in verse 20, and he arose and came to his father. But while he was yet a great way off, while he was a long way, that tells me that the father was waiting in expectation. Waiting, he wasn't thinking, that dirty scumbag son of mine, he took all my money and blew it. No, no, he was waiting. He was expecting this kid is going to come to his senses. And when he does, well, let's read on and see, we'll see what it says here. But when he was yet a long ways off, his father saw him, had compassion and ran and fell on his neck. And again, I like to point out that in the Greek where it says he kissed him, it means he, like he smacked them all over. It was like, you know, it wasn't, and all the way home, he's rehearsing. He's rehearsing what he's going to tell his father. Well, I, I sinned against you, and I'm not worthy to be called your son, and blah, blah, blah. None of you have ever done that, but, but he was doing that all the way home. 
And matter of fact, and he tries to pull it off here in verse 21. His son said unto him, Father, I've sinned from heaven. And you're in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said unto his servants, bring forth the best robe. What's the best robe? The robe of righteousness. What's the best clothing? Clothe you with salvation in the robe of righteousness. He said, go and get it. He said, and then put the family ring on his finger because that's how they bought and sold back then. The, the family seal, the family ring. Give him a credit card. No, don't give him a credit card. He, no, no. no. <laughs> give him cash. <laughs> and then he says, kill the fatty calf. We're, we're, we're renewing this covenant. We're firing this covenant back up again. He said he was dead, but now he's alive again. He was lost, but now he's found. And they began to celebrate. And he called one of his servants and, 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 and no, no, let's read the elder son, because the elder son was the one with the grudge. And it's a, again, it's a demon spirit, and you carry it, and you feed it, and you hold it until it holds you. That's what a grudge is. You hold it until it holds you. You need to let it go. So he says, the elder son was in the field. He shouldn't have been in the field anyway. He should have been up at the house. He had, he had the double portion. The firstborn gets the double portion. The firstborn gets the kingship and the priesthood. He was supposed to be up at the house, but he was in the field because he never saw himself worthy. He didn't see himself worthy of anything that the father had. How do you know that? Well, let's read on. He was in the field and he came. And, and as he came and drew near the house, he could hear the music and the dancing. And he said, oh, praise God, my brother must be back. <laughs> no, but this hooks up really well with, with Hebrews chapter 12, too, a root of bitterness, you know, getting in and choking out everything that's good in your life. And he called the servants and asked, what does it, what's it mean? And they said, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he received him safe and sound. And he was angry and could not, or would not rather, go in. Therefore, his father came out. He answered and said to his father, Lo, this many years I have served you. Many years I've been carrying this grudge and I've held it. And now it's holding me. He said, I, didn't, I did everything right. I kept, you, I kept your commandments, yet you never gave me the kid or made Mary, that I could make Mary with my friends. But as soon as your son, not my brother, as soon as your son came home, the one that devoured his living with harlots, well, I don't know how he knew that. I, I guess he assumed that that's what happened. Maybe he was jealous. I don't know. You can't be sure of that. But he said, you killed the, for him the fatty calf. Here's, here's the deal, verse 31. Son... You've always been here, and everything that I have is yours. That's Ephesians 1, 3. I've already blessed you with all the blessings in the heavenlies in Christ. No one's gotten ahead of you. No one's gotten more than you. I have already blessed you. Everything that I have is yours. Five times in the New Testament, according to my riches and glory. According to my riches and glory. Not out of my riches and glory. Not out of my bank account. Everything that I have is yours. Mm. And so he held that grudge. But all he had to do was, all you have to do, if you're holding a grudge, is put it down. 
and receive life, receive peace. If you got something, if you have anything against anyone, they might not even know it, but it's against you. It's that's why we tell you that forgiveness is a blessing that you give yourself. Because when you forgive yourself, that other person cannot hurt you anymore. Some people are being tortured from people from the grave. People that didn't go in and you still get a grudge. I've watched families be destroyed from a grudge. I've literally, over my 20, 30 years of pastor, watched a whole family get wiped up because one held a grudge against another. Would not forgive. But here's the bad news over in Matthew chapter 18. I say bad news. I say bad news if you don't know how to forgive. It's bad news. It's good news if you do. But, you know, I found this, like, forgiveness is like money. We all like to get it. But few want to give it. That's why, again, that's why the tithe. It's like, hey, you need to let go of what you're holding on to. You need to be free. You need to, as long as you're depending on things instead of him, you're bound up. You're messed up. You're messed up in your mind if you think that God's your source. You're messed, or God's not your source. You're messed. If you think that you can do a better job than him, you're ridiculously messed. Why are you hanging on? Why do you hang on to a grudge? Why do you hang on to unforgiveness? Because you don't know how to let go? Well, today you will. Yeah. Verse 21. Verse 21, Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how many times will I forgive someone against me? Seven times? Now, it sounds to me like Peter might have been irritated with somebody. What do you think? <laughs> do I have to forgive him seven times, Lord? And Jesus said, no, 70 times seven. Now, in our minds, that means 490. But in the mind of those disciples, those Hebrew kids, those Hebrew children, it meant 490 years is how long he forgave them before they went into captivity. So what he's saying is forgiveness goes for a long, long time. In other words, don't hold anything against anyone. Yeah, but you don't know what they did to me. Well, if you look at trouble as a blessing, I know what they did to you. They they improved your they improved your love walk. But why why do you think in in, in Corinthians thirteen he said these three abide faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love, because love is the greatest. Faith, you know, faith and hope are the means to to walking in love. Love doesn't come naturally. Just like contentment doesn't come naturally, but we use you use your faith and your hope to love somebody. That's how it works. Sometimes when people do things to you, it's hard to forget. But God says if you'll begin to pray for them, if you'll begin to hold them up in prayer and to realize that it wasn't them, it wasn't flesh and blood, but it was principalities and powers. Well, they did it on purpose. Yeah, but it was they were being manipulated by principalities and powers. They knew exactly what they were doing. Well, you would say that, and it, maybe in their minds they did, but they were being manipulated by a foreign entity. And just like a grudge is a demon, that unforgiveness, man. Well, let's read on here. Jesus said unto them, I say, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Therefore, and now he goes right into this. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. 
So he called the CFO in, now they're going to do the, do the book work. And when he began to reckon or check up on things, one brought into him and said, this man owes you 10,000 talents. This man owes you $10 million. How many of you got 10 million bucks laying around that you can spare right now? Well, this guy didn't have 10 million bucks either. But you didn't have the money to pay for your sin either. So, so let's, let's take a look at this. <laughs> he said, for as much he had not to pay. I can't. I, he paid a debt he did not owe. I owe a debt I cannot pay. There's no way that I could raise up $10 million by the end of the day to pay for my debt. So well, let's, let's see what the guy did. He said, he says here, he commanded him to be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had to make the payment that he would be made. How do you pay for a lifetime of sin? I don't know. He didn't either. But the servant therefore fell down and worshiped him. So I'm telling you, there's something about worship. <laughs> when the pressure's on, you can figure it out. Worshiped him and said, have patience with me and I will pay you all. I love this next verse. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him of $10 million in debt. Just 10 million bucks wiped out just like that. Your sin was wiped out just like that when you called out on the Lord, when you came and got born again. It was gone. It was gone. So now you're free. Now you're free. But that same servant went out. And when he found one of his fellow servants, which owed him $10,000, he laid his hands on him and took him by the throat and said, pay me what you agreed, what you owe me. And his fellow servant fell down by his feet and the same thing, besought him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. But he would not. Are you that person? Has somebody wronged you and you won't let them go after what God did through Jesus Christ for you? Are you holding something against somebody? Are you kidding me after what he forgave you? Your adultery, your drugs, your prostitute, whatever it might have been, was gone. And, and now you, and, and so how do, I, how do I have to live the rest of my life? I don't have anything against anybody. In the name of Jesus, I don't want anything against anybody. He would not. But he went in and cast him into the prison that he would pay the debt. How do you, how do you cast somebody in prison? You, you won't fellowship with them anymore. You see them in church, but you won't walk anywhere near them. You, you just, you know, you, 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 they don't, they didn't treat you right. So now you're going to give them the cold shoulder. You're not going to talk to them until they repay. I'm not having nothing, not more to do with you, not more to do with you. You're poisoning yourself. You're holding a grudge and you're feeding it and it's growing. And if you don't kill it, it'll destroy you. I'm telling you, if you don't kill it, it will kill you. Hallelujah. And when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very sorry, and they came and told the king. <laughs> then his Lord, which had called him and said unto him, Oh, you, he called him and said unto him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all of your debt because you desired me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, even as I had pity on you? And the Lord was wroth with him and delivered him to the tormentors till he would pay everything. 
If you don't release forgiveness, you won't receive forgiveness. I said, if you don't release forgiveness for others, you won't receive it for yourself. How can I say that? But the next verse, we get this idea that the unforgivable sin is blaspheme in the Holy Ghost. No, any sin that you don't repent of is unforgivable. <laughs> How do I know? Well, let's read the next verse. Look at this verse. So likewise shall your, your heavenly Father do also unto you if you from your hearts don't forgive every man his brother his trespasses. Right. No, but this will explain to a lot of people why their faith ain't working. Why isn't it working, God? What's wrong, God? Is there, there's nothing wrong with his exceeding great and precious promises. Therefore, if there's nothing wrong with the promise, it could be me. Yeah. It just could be. Yeah. It just might be. <laughs> That's why when you go over to Mark chapter 11, hallelujah. Why does the church have chronic problems? Because the church is walking in un, um, chronic grudges and unforgiveness. I'm not talking, you know, I, I know that, you know, I know most of you all got it, got it all together. So pray for me. But, but when you think about the church in North America and its lack of power and its lack of authority and it's like, like it's because we're just so, just so offended and just so, talk to me like that. Hallelujah. I had this. I had this unction in my spirit not to hang around with you anymore. Give it up. <laughs> I know the spirit it was. It was the spirit of grudge. It was the spirit of bitterness. It was the spirit of I'm not staying here because there's pressure on me to change, and I'm not going to. I want to stay ugly. Well, go ahead. It's, no, but I'm telling you, love never loses. That's what he said. Love never loses. So if you'll stay in love, everything will turn around. Amen. You don't know what they did to me. Well, I know what they did to Jesus. Yes. Yes. Mark 11, 22, of course, you know this. He said, have the faith of God. Have the God kind of faith. Plug into God's faithfulness. He has a promise of faithfulness. He said, For verily I say unto you, whosoever will say to this mountain, whatever circumstance you're dealing with, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and don't dote in your heart. Believe the things you say will come to pass. You'll have whatsoever you say. And the things you desire when you pray, you believe you receive them, and they shall be delivered unto you. But the next verse tells you why it's not working. If it's working for you, we celebrate with you. If it's not working, we'd like to show you this. And when you stand, pray. And when you stand, pray. Calling out your confessions. Praying over the things you want God to do in your life. And you stand praying right then. Right then. Forgive. Forgive. It sounds like, you know, four is you're going to give, but you're the first one. Forgive. And then to realize that if, I'm, if I don't forgive, it's unforgivable for me. Come on. It's unforgivable. If you, if you, you're, wanting, you're wanting your faith to work 
so am I. But I also know, that with, you know, Hebrews eleven six says, without faith it's impossible to please me because you must believe that I exist. But number two, that I'm a rewarder of those that diligently seek me. But, the, but, but, but knowing that my faith will only work by love. Faith gets its energy from love. Faith works by love. Hallelujah. So he says, if, but, but to not forgive, how about, how about this? To not forgive is unforgivable. Do not forgive is unforgivable. It's like you can be in a marriage situation and be at home and give your wife or your husband a cold shoulder. Unforgivable. What am I supposed to do? Turn on the love. Love, love, love never. Love always wins. Love wins. How long does it take? All I know is I don't want to have anything against anybody that's going to keep me from my, my fellowship, my presence with God. Nothing matters like that. Nothing matters like that. Do I have to do checkups every day? Sure you do. You, you know, you check yourself and make sure. And then when there's people, if, the, if you think something and an ugly thought comes, say, Lord, I, I forgave that person in such and such a time, and I'm refusing to walk in unforgiveness. I'm refusing to take any offense. I'm refusing to allow bitterness to grow in my life because I want the fruit of righteousness growing, the love, the joy, the peace, the long-suffering, the gentleness, the goodness, the faith, the meekness, temperance, and all that. I want that to be coming up out of me. I am working out my own salvation with reverence and anticipation, fear and trembling, working out love, learning, learning how to allow the Holy Ghost to maneuver and move things out of my life. So that, why, Pastor? Because it's total freedom. When you don't hold anything against anybody, you're as free as you can be. When you don't care what people think, I don't mean being disrespectful, but I, but I mean when you don't care what other people think because your vertical relationship is perfect, your horizontal relationships line up to the best of your ability, amen? To the best of your ability, live at peace with all men, he said. But here's what, here's what we need to look at right now. We need to go to Luke chapter 23. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Did I say Luke 23? Did I give you a verse? No. Hmm? I'm in 22, that's why I can't see it. <laughs> that's okay, I put two different color socks on this morning. Pray for me. No, no, one's a little bit gray and the other one's totally black, but they they, they had the... They <laughs> I didn't notice that I was putting my shoes on in the office. Check you out, boy. <laughs> then you start looking at other places, right? <laughs> this verse split time in half, B.C. and A.D. This verse changed the world forever. He said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And I wrote in my margin, the best in us comes out when the worst has been done unto us. Because the power that was released when he forgave everybody saved the world. If he had not said that, we wouldn't be saved. 
So if what he said in forgiveness changed his world, don't you think it'll change yours? And was did anybody do anything to you like what was done to Jesus? Hung up naked at the city gate? Beaten and bruised and whipped beyond recognition? My Bible says that he was married. Isaiah 52 says he was married beyond human recognition. Rubble hanging on a cross. Naked. Totally exposed. And he said, Father... Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And so my Bible says in Ephesians 5.1 that I'm to be a follower, a mimicker of Jesus Christ. And so my job is to say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Hallelujah. If that power released our salvation... That power can release the salvation of the people you've been holding things against as well. You ought to be able to say, just like David said in Psalm 19:165, he said, Great peace of they that love your word. Because nothing. Great peace of they that love your word. Nothing shall offend them. I just got one more. Verse, 1 John 4. Actually, two or three verses here because they're so good. But And then we're going to do something we don't do all the time, but we're going to have an altar call here and invite you to come. I mean, not, not for us to pray for you, but to come. And get down on your face and pray for yourself. You want the breakthrough. I'm sure that if you'll ask the Holy Ghost, he'll show you who and what, that you can leave it here today, that you can go to here without a grudge, drop the grudge demons here, we'll flush them down the toilet. Bitterness, well, if you've got bitterness, then we'll, we'll definitely pray for you for that, that God will uproot that bitterness, that the, the tree, come on, the tree of righteousness that he talked about would begin to produce the fruit in your life. But let's read this, okay. First uh, John 4, 8. Well, let's read, let's read a couple of verses here. Verse 7, beloved, that would be you. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is, number one, born of God, and number two, knoweth God. You can be born again and not have any love in you at all. But when you... You're born of God, but when you get to know God, this is what happens in the next verse. He that loveth not, he that loveth not, doesn't mean he's not a Christian. just means that he doesn't know God. Why? Because he'll tell you in verse 8, for God is love. God is love. If I don't, if I'm not walking in love, it's because I don't know him and I don't know how much he loves me. If I know, how, if I could get a hold of how much he loves me, if I could do John 15, 7, if I abide in you and my words, your words abide in me, I can ask or demand what I will and it shall be done unto me. Abiding doesn't mean I'm acquainted with. Abiding means I'm living there. I'm not acquainted with Nancy. We're living together. We abide with one another. And that's the way it is with God too. 
God, first thing in the morning is praise you, Jesus, bless the Lord. Last thing at night, thank you, God, for another day of living. Hallelujah. Yeah. And this was manifested, the love of God toward us, because God sent his only begotten son for what? To die. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 15, 16. Verse 16. For we have known. No, verse 11. I'm trying to go too fast here. Slow it down here. Verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, ought, ought not we to? And how did he love me unconditionally? How did he love me? Hallelujah. He loved me so much. He gave his life for me. And that's the way I'm to love other people, to make them more important than me. Living for others will set you free from yourself. Hallelujah. We ought to love one another. Ought to love one another. Verse 16. For we have known and believed. So we know the love of God, but we believe the love. We have to believe that God loves us, believe the love that he has for us. Why? Because God is love. And he that dwelleth in him dwelleth in God, and God in him. Verse 17, herein is the love of God made mature, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. That's not judgment day. That's today. That's any day. Boldness in the day of judgment. Because, like, people struggle with this verse forever. But, but, but there it is. As he is, not as he was, and not as he's going to be. As he is, so are we. Not in the sweet by and by, but in the sweet here and now. In this world, we're like him in this world. So, so again, abiding in him and him abiding in me, I'll ask what I will. And he's going to show me how to love everybody. He's going to show me how to walk this love walk. How will I know when I got it working? Well, he's going to tell you. Verse 18, there is no fear in love. So things may come and make me afraid, but it doesn't last because because death and life are in the power of the tongue, but I resort to the life part. And the life part says, no, no, wait a second, fear has torment. Mm. So if I'm being tormented, I've honestly forgotten who I am in Christ. It's like James chapter 1. The guy looks in the mirror and then goes away and forgets who, what manner of man he was. He looks in the Bible, sees who he is, then he walks away and forgets. Looks in the Bible, combs his hair, walks away and forgets. Looks in the Bible and, and, and sees, I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus and walks away and forgets. Don't forget this message today because I'm telling you right now, Matthew 18 is real. He was talking about money, but he was relating it to sin and saying that if you don't forgive... Come on, come on, it's the prayer that he taught in Matthew 6, 9. Who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, our Father. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us this day. Yeah. Well, give us this day every day of the bread first. We'll do that later today. But forgive us our trespasses as, according to the manner of, the way, forgive me the way that I forgive you. Uh-oh, are you sure you want that? 
forgive me the way I forgive others, Lord. No, no, I'd like to have a little more than that. Wouldn't you like to have a little more than that? He says, for there is no fear in knowing that you're loved. Perfect, telos, mature love will, it doesn't say the fear won't come. It says it'll cast it out. Why? Because fear has torment, torments you. And so there, I, I, you know, I kind of look at, look at that and think, well, you know, a grudge is torment because I'm not walking in love. Bitterness is a torment because I've allowed a root of bitterness to get in me. I took offense against somebody and wouldn't let it go. Today, please come forward and let it go. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.